Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya, my lord. This time, world champion, New England Patriots. Edelman's going to throw. Quarterbacks are. Let's do it. Hello and welcome you to another episode of the Pass Pack Podcast. I am your host, as always, Josh Finn, here with my good friend Josh Valerola. Josh, how are we doing on this fine, whatever today is, Monday afternoon, evening, however you would like to refer to it as? Pretty good. How are you? I've been better. I've been worse. But you know what? It's a great day to be great in this episode we are going to be recapping the unfortunate events from the miami dolphins game starting off here with the final score the fins take down the pats 33 to 24 the dolphins covered at plus six the over cast which was set at 40 moving on to the team stacks here to start off this very intense unfortunate episode of the podcast we got the dolphins had a bigger greater however you'd like to say it time of possession than the pats 33 36 to 26 24 the fins also outsnapped the pats 66 to 59 total yards dolphins 298 total yards to the pats 379 total yards penalties dolphins had five for 33 yards the pats had eight for 78 yards turnovers dolphins did not turn the ball over at all pats turned it over three times efficiency dolphins were 7 15 on third down pats were 5 of 10 on third down so starting off here we got some jesus interesting predicaments that we uh, we can go all over the place here let's start off with the penalties because that's something that really grinds my gear so you got the controversial brandon bolden penalty Mm-hmm. You got the absolutely absurd Lawrence Guy penalty that should have never happened. Mm-hmm. You got the Mac Jones false start, which I'm still not sure how that's even mathematically possible. Like, I don't think in the history of the NFL has ever been a false start on a quarterback. And then you got the stupid, stupid Matt Judon penalty. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, what? Are, that one especially, like, okay, Brandon Bolden, that one's controversial. Lawrence Guy, all right, you're an idiot. Mac Jones, you're an idiot. Matt Judon, it's like, you literally, I lost 10 IQ points watching that play. I'm like, why? So did he throw him down, like, I guess, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, forcefully? Not really. But I at the same time, why are you thing. even putting yourself in that situation? Exactly. And uh, I think this just, it goes to show kind of like his, Seems like once December hit, we haven't really been seeing the Pro Bowl side of Judon, and he's just kind of been making bonehead plays, or he's not making plays in general. And it's just you, for someone who's supposed to be the prize, you know, of the free agency pickups, he really hasn't been playing that great of a ball. I give him, I almost give him a little bit of a pass this week because he really didn't play last week mm-hmm. and didn't practice at all. And he did say teams have been scheming. A little bit differently against him which is mm-hmm. probably accurate because if you're a big oh, yeah. time pass rusher i mean don't get me wrong he's been he was good the first half of the year but he's not aaron donald you know or anything exactly. like that it's not even close so when teams scheme against him differently like a lot of the times he's probably going to see some regression yeah common sense uh you know no one's going to use the same play tactics or styles against someone and expect success what are you thinking about these penalties here? Because th- these were 
the Brandon Bolden one gets a little bit of a pass because that was a very controversial one, which really, in my opinion, should not the flag shouldn't have been thrown. Those other three penalties I discussed, those should have not happened. And they were big penalties too. I mean, mm-hmm. the Judon one, crazily enough, that was the least significant of the three. Lawrence Guy, you gave them you gave the Dolphins a first down when they were punting the ball back to you. The Mac Jones one, you went from a fourth and one to a fourth and six, so obviously you gotta punt the ball back. Mm-hmm. W- what do you think about this here? Uh wasn't the Mac Jones one uh delay a game, right? I wanna say? No, it was a false start. It was a false start. Okay, okay. Um Lawrence Guy these are just bonehead plays from veterans. Uh the Bolden one he didn't even touch him, man. You go and look at the replay. It's just something ridiculous. He wasn't even headhunting per se. You know what I mean? He was going down for the tackle. Something that you teach, you go low. He's a football player. That's it, ridiculous. It was. Ju- it seemed like it was basic. He committed to it, and he yeah. couldn't get out of it. And that's what Gene Serratore said when they brought him in. He's like, mm-hmm. this should not have been a flag. And it was a late slide. Yeah, exactly. Like, Bolden was, like, full-on committed to that. Mm-hmm. And he tried to pull up. It was just, it was too late. Mm-hmm. What else are you taking away here? Why are these... How can this be fixed? Because we've seen this for a few weeks in a row now, these boneheaded plays. And it's getting to a point where... I remember when we first started doing this, we were saying it's just like, you know, a rough week. Like, they'll get past it. It's just one of those weeks because, you know, every team sees a dark cloud here and there. Mm -hmm. Now it's like we've seen... This is the play we've been seeing for the last month or so. We've just seen boneheaded football, which, you know, shouldn't... We're not used to seeing in December Mm -hmm. from the Pats. Um, I would correlate it to obviously whether we like it or not, Isaiah win that law lo- that's a loss. You know, I mean that sucks. So automatically you're gonna have a shift at D line. We had Unwaynu uh playing left tackle at some point. Ted Karras was even at center. You know, I mean these aren't like I guess not traditionally their starting positions. And I'm even gonna go and throw it out there that I think we just this team generally misses Dante Scarnecchia. Dude, that's I feel that's a huge loss. I've never, I've honestly never thought about that, but you're probably right. I remember they brought him out of retirement because mm-hmm. he was just so big for that team, and that's just tough, man. That's a really good point. I honestly never thought about that. That's so sad. What do you think he could do with this O line? He could do it. Yeah. What do you think he could do if he was still on the sideline? Uh, man, he's a legend, man. Um, just like just us. be more fundamentally sound. It's just like you never see traditionally a pats team with so many penalties and a lot of these penalties are on the line i i I would just say maybe a more disciplined approach we've also got issues revolving around the time of possession yeah and i feel like so basically 34 25 34 26 was close to the final number here but Mm -hmm. the issue i've got with that is I feel like those numbers are actually a little bit inflated because I feel like in that fourth quarter, you had the ball a lot and you really almost swung the pendulum back a little mm-hmm. bit because I felt like the, the Dolphins controlled the the clock like the first three quarters handily, very, very mm-hmm. handily. Like if it was like 30 to 15 after the third quarter, I would not mm-hmm. be surprised. Like if, if <sighs> it just felt that lopsided because it just felt yep. like the paths were really struggling to move the ball. And I mean, it showed that when they were down 17 on the fourth, and at the end of the day, it just felt like they couldn't hang on to it. They were just doing stupid things. You had the turnovers from Mac, mm-hmm. you know, the, the botch snap. You had the stupid pick six. Like, all these things were going wrong. How is there any way they can get around this and move the ball here at all, like, going forward? Number one, it's 
the penalties. You know what I mean? I think that's huge. Uh, that and the combination of these turnovers. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've talked about it before. Turnovers are huge, especially in these, you know, these games that we predict to be close games. You know, this is Miami Super Bowl. And I don't think the Pats were really trying to necessarily. I mean, you want to win going to the playoffs. Who the hell wants to lose? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then at some point during the game, they're like, yeah, let's put on our foot on the gas. And I think what I'm trying to say, um, a lot of those penalties, yeah, were drive killers, turnovers, and they played from behind. And we've seen it throughout the year. It just, it doesn't really, Max a rookie, and it doesn't seem like he has that ability to bring a team from behind. You start out slow, where, where we were down 14 nothing, Like almost instantly. Yeah, you're digging yourself out of the hole the whole game. And there's the turnovers. Yeah. Which we kind of just mentioned. That, so I don't care who you're playing. Mm-hmm. You, you you can't turn the ball over like you did. Mm-hmm. You can't, especially can't turn it over on the road. Yeah. You especially can't turn over on the road where you got a really hard time playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, wh- that first one, I don't know what Mac was looking at. Like, he was just flat out fooled. He saw the, what was it, like a 10 yard out, whatever. Uh, Howard just baited him hard. Yeah, he baited him hard, and he fooled him yeah. really, really good. It was crazy because I didn't think he was going to throw it there, and I was watching. I'm like, please don't throw that ball there. He threw the ball there. Look what happened. <laughs> Seven points in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Then you got the botch snap, which is just, man. I think that's, that's when Ted Karras was playing center. It was. Okay. That just can't happen. Like, I don't. that just can't happen. Like, you're mm-hmm. down. What were they down? Ten at the time? You're driving. You're like the Dolphins 20 yard line mm-hmm. and then you go ahead and botch that snap and essentially kill the drive and all the momentum that you were building yep and then you had the Jacoby Myers fumble I mean I guess those happen it shouldn't happen but it happens then you got like all right like some weird stuff like that play where Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne like ran the same route and ran into each other I'm like okay someone is responsible for that mm-hmm. i don't know who it is but someone's supposed to run an out route there and no one did they just ran into each other yeah miscommunication on the play moving on to the passing side of things here we'll start off with the mac jones experience so we got 20 of 30 261 and a touchdown 66 percent of his passes completed a pick and a fumble i believe that was credited to him even though that was ted karras's fault with a qbr of a whopping 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 12.7 I didn't realize it was that bad. I didn't realize it was that bad either. Sheesh. Moving on to the t- the two at Tagovailoa side. 15 to 22, 109 yards. 109 yards, Josh. 109 yards. And a touchdown. 68% uh, 68% of his passes completed and a QBR of 68.5. So, start off on the Mike Jones side. What's going on with Mac here? Because everyone's been talking about how fundamentally sound he is. Next year is his year. He's he's done all the right things. He's making all the right reads. And with the exception of really the Jags game, over the last mm. month or so, we have not seen a very good Mac Jones. You got the the first Buffalo game where, you know, again, he gets a little bit of a pass. Not a very good QBR, but at the same time, crazy winds, crazy weather, a la whatever. Throw mm. that out the window. You got the game against the Colts. Not pretty. You got the second game against the Bills, really not pretty. And you got this game, also mm-hmm. really not pretty. What's going on here, and how can we fix the problem? Uh, I think it's just in those games, you're kind of playing from behind and uh, as a run-first team, and let's say as a defensive team as well. 
we're not going to talk about the run defense. That's atrocious. <laughs> but passing passing defense is pretty good. As a run first team, if you're playing from behind, naturally you're kind of you have to abandon the run game. You know what I mean? And in these games, when you're playing from behind, it's presented or yeah, let's just say it's presented more opportunities for Mac to throw the ball and for more mistakes to happen. As someone who's let's call it a spade a spade, he's a check down quarterback call a duck a duck you know what i'm saying does mm. he bounce back next week at buffalo um i don't know man I i'm gonna say no i don't think he does i don't feel confident in it to I, be honest. D- I don't think we see a different mac jones mm-hmm. i think we're gonna see the same exact mac jones we've been seeing mm-hmm. for the last month or so or the better part of the last month which is you know it's fine yeah he, you want to be confident he is a rookie i think it's more important you get him some playoff experience as opposed to winning the game because I mm-hmm. think with him, you want to play the long game. I don't think you want to play the game of win now. And mm-hmm. this team's not in win now mode anyway. But I, I, I think you just really want to get him some experience and just get him out there. I think that's Absolutely. the most important thing, just like getting him those touches in a postseason hostile environment mm-hmm. and just see what he can do with it at this point. Yeah, and you know, you hope he proves us wrong. I mean, I would love to be wrong, Josh. I love being wrong when I get bet against my teams. Like, I'll mm-hmm. be the first one to stand up and salute, wave the white flag. I love being wrong in these situations. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, since we've started doing this, I haven't been wrong too much. <laughs> All right. Looking at two a little bit here. If I told you two was going to throw for 109 passing yards, how would you feel about that going into Sunday? One, you feel confident going into a game that you have a good chance of winning that game. And two, it just sounds like another 2 game. Josh, Jamar Chase had more than double the amount of yards receiving last week than Tua had passing today. That's kind of crazy, actually. It's also very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't really know what to make of Tua here because like you said this is a very Tua type game mm-hmm. a very game manager type game which you don't really want to see from a top five overall pick the more I watch him the more I really feel like he has the accolades to be more of a, a journeyman in this league and not mm-hmm. the perennial starter that he was coming out of Alabama how do you feel about that I agree and we talked about it before it's he hasn't really shown the growth in you know, expanding his game and becoming a better NFL quarterback. I don't want to put the blame or take away the blame from him. Obviously, that's partly the player's fault, but I think it doesn't help with you just saw that they fired Brian Flores. It's just like there's never been some consistency and even the coaching staff has just always changed. And someone who's a rookie, you know, even a sophomore, just trying to grow in the NFL, that's tough to establish, you know, yourself in there. Yeah, I feel like one thing I've learned from following football for so long is that mm-hmm. with rookie quarterbacks especially, a lot of times it's not so much the talent. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's the situation. And a yep. lot of times when they go to a bad situation, their development is ruined. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Trevor Lawrence was one of the like all-time great yep. prospects. And his career obviously is not ruined yet because mm-hmm. he is only in year one. Or I guess he just finished year one. But at the same time, they didn't do a good job of developing him. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. I think a very prime example here is, well, two prime examples is one, Giamani, what's his name? The guy that went before Brady. 
It's like Giovanni something. Something like that. Name. His development was really ruined. I always forget mm-hmm. his name. Another one that really sticks out is Andrew Luck. Yep. His development was completely ruined, and it led to him hating the game of football and retiring at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, I don't know, like playing with crops or something. I have no idea what he's doing <laughs> out in Idaho or wherever he's living. But the point is, like, the Colts' development was so bad mm-hmm. with him that they chased him away. Yeah, it's like having a bad boss at work, you know what I mean? No one wants to really work for the boss that you can't relate to or someone that makes you enjoy your job. Yeah, baller's ball, and Tua is not balling right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him going forward. Moving on to the rushing side of things, starting off on the Pats side of things. Brandon Bolden, 7 carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Damian Harris, 11 carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, Four carries, 34 yards. Kendrick Bourne, one carry, eight yards. Jonu Smith, hashtag free Jonu Smith, one <laughs> carry for five yards. Mac Jones, three carries to four yards. Anything you want to take away from the rushing side of things here? Not Damian Harris's best game. You can, uh, I guess, accolade that to uh, the struggles that the line has had. And besides a couple nice runs by Brandon Bolden, who's really, really been nice this season, Nothing really stood out. Yeah, I would say there's really not that much takeaway here. But they mm-hmm. were playing from behind, like literally from the jump. jump. Exactly. Like the, the game started and you were down 14 nothing, mm-hmm. And you didn't get – I don't think you really got to a true one-possession game until – Was it the third quarter? Well, they came out and kicked the field goal to start the half. Yep. So, yeah, the third quarter, and then you were down 17 mm-hmm. in the fourth. So you didn't have a ton of time to – Let's run the ball here. Exactly, like now, that yeah. did not happen. So they really had to go away from that. Moving on to the Dolphins side of things. Duke Johnson, the main event. 25 carries, 17 yards, and a tutty. Philip Lindsay, 11 carries, 40 yards. Tua, 5 carries, 38 yards. Mike Pallarati. Pal-ar- I can't even say his name. Pallarati. We're going to go with that. One carry, one yard. Miles Gaskin, one carry, negative one yards. So Duke Johnson was a problem here. Mm-hmm. that's not good because i've got nothing against duke johnson but he was on the practice squad for the majority of this year and he's been balling since he came off the practice oh. squad like big time but at the same time if a guy like duke johnson's gonna let you up like that i feel like that's not a good recipe for success when you got josh allen like arguably the best running quarterback in the lead playing at home next week no oh, absolutely the a guy that's a dual threat also got some great pieces at running back in the rotation uh I don't want to say Duke Johnson's special. He's definitely changed his approach towards the run game and looks for contact now, as you know, commentators have mentioned. I think it's more just the issue with our D-line and stopping the run in general. Anything else you want to take away from the rushing game here on the Dolphins' side of the ball? Uh, No. <laughs> Poor Miles Gaskin, though. Moving on to the receiving side of the game. We'll start off with the Pats here. Hunter Henry, six targets, five catches, 86 yards. Jacoby Myers, eight targets, four catches, 70 yards, and a fumble. Damian Harris, four targets, four catches, 36 yards. Kendrick Bourne, four targets, three catches for 24 yards. Did get that incentive, though. Mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar, three targets, one catch, 23 yards. Brandon Bolden, two targets, two catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, two targets, one catch for two yards. And Nikhil Harry had a target. So, 
is the writing on the wall here for Nikhil Harry? Absolutely. Like you're inactive last week. You come you're active this week, which a lot of people were a little bit surprised at. And you get one target. I don't even know how many snaps he played, but he had one target. This has to absolutely be his last game in a Patriots uniform. I would imagine. I don't. You're obviously probably not just going to cut him. There's, I feel like they are. I feel like. I don't think he's that bad on this team. He's they, he, he's so cheap on that rookie deal. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing if you're picking up the option, mm-hmm. but if you, I can't imagine anyone else they would bring in that's better in that slot. That's the issue I'm having. Considering the past, I guess, of not bringing in a number one receiver or anyone really great. And they kind of just fill in these, not no-name guys, but these lower-class guys to fill those roles. It's not like he's bringing in DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, prime Marvin Harrison or anything like that. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Do you think he's done no matter what? Or do you think... I think he's done no matter what. If they can't trade him, they'll cut him. Who knows? Maybe we can get a sixth or seventh. I'm a firm believer that he's definitely more suited for a different team, but not this team and the playbook. I think you're right. I was thinking that when they were trying to trade him or when he wanted to trade at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I really thought that he's just one of those guys that need a fresh start. Yeah, absolutely. So this passing game, it, I feel like it looked a lot worse than the box score showed. Like, you're like, you're like, all right, you know, Hunter Henry's up there, 86 yards. Jacoby Myers, 70 yards. But really, I feel like they just had a couple of chunk plays that mm-hmm. made this total yardage a little more inflated than it actually was. I agree. Anything else to add to that? Uh, really, um, I loved... I love his max connection with Jacoby Myers. You see it on these big-time over-the-shoulder grabs. And... uh. And Hunter Henry, that was probably one of his best games. That is one of his best games as a Patriot. So you'd love to see that rookie quarterback tight end connection. Not R- else much to take from there, to be honest. Rookies do love those tight ends. Moving on to the Dolphin side of things. Durham Smith, I hate the way he spells his name. Two targets, two catches, 32 yards. Jalen Waddle, seven targets, five catches, 27 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Gesicki, three targets, two catches, and 22 yards. Devontae Parker, four targets, two catches, 12 yards. Miles Gaskin, three targets, two catches, 11 yards. Duke Johnson. One target, one catch, five yards, and Mac Hollins, one target. So, obviously, when you've only got 100 total yards passing, there's only so much gravy that can go on the turkey here. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to take away from this at all? That's moving, all, man. Moving on show. to the defensive side of things here. Jawan Bentley, 17 tackles. Holy crap. I know. I saw that, that <laughs> in the box. Score. I was like, oh, my God. Adrian Phillips, 11 tackles. Devon Godchuk, 7 tackles. Kyle Vanoy and Jamie Collins both chipped in with 6 tackles. Kyle Vanoy also did have a sack. Christian Barmore and Lawrence Guy had 5 tackles. What happened to the defense here? Why is this happening to us, Josh? I don't want to sit here and make excuses. One, it doesn't suck when you have pieces like Kyle Duggar and uh, Hightower, you know, missing from the game. Big time. It's just this run defense, man. I mean, you, you see it on the box score. Duke Johnson putting up a buck on us. That's pathetic. Obviously, the pass defense showed up and playing from behind doesn't help. You know, it's all related. 
it's really this run defense, man. It's horrible. And it's been a problem all year. All year. Like you get like the the example that we've talked about so much that I always go back to is when you played the Titans with no Derrick Henry and you had mm-hmm. two essentially practice squad guys run all over you for 100 yards each. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That needs to be fixed. It's not going to be this year, unfortunately. Like we talked about, it's going to be interesting to see what they do at linebacker next year with you know, there's a very good possibility that Dante Hightower is mm-hmm. not there anymore. Jamie Collins obviously is just was just signed through the rest of the year, so I think that'll be interesting what they do on that end. But I think they're going to have to do a personnel change. To be honest, probably they don't have bad pieces. Barmar is a stud. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean, they have the pieces, man. Yeah. Moving on to the Dolphins side of things here: Byron Jones, eight tackles; Christian Wilkins, Andrew Van Ginkle, both had seven tackles; Jerome Baker had six tackles, and Elon. Elon, Elandon Roberts and Javon Howard both had five tackles. Anything you want to take away on the Dolphins side of things here? And really, they showed up to play. They did a great job of taking advantage of our uh, O line errors. Great day to be great. So, a lot of injuries piled up in this one. Yeah, Isaiah Wynn obviously had that rolled up ankle did not return reminder stevenson he did have that head injury but he did return mm-hmm. sean davis left with a shoulder injury kyle duggar and dante hightower both did not play duggar with a hand injury hightower with a knee injury christian barmore he hurt his knee at the end of the day at the end of the game i believe mike reese who was a beat writer for the patriots said he observed barmore after the game and he said i wouldn't expect him in the playoffs this is the type of thing that looks it'll affect his off season he was very emotional so that's obviously first of all and foremost that's not good that's a very very big loss probably the mm-hmm. biggest one how are these injuries going to affect the pats in the playoffs uh sean davis i don't think is a factor no offense you know i'm a practice squad player no i agree um I would imagine McCordy and Hightower would be fine. You know what I mean? These are they probably just rested out of good measure and you know mm-hmm. precaution. Really, I think the Barrymore one is going to be the huge one, obviously, because you're already struggling at that position in general just to stop the run, and, and you then just, you get rid of the biggest guy on there. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be interesting to see what happens going into next week. So, final takeaways here. Once again, the worst starts are the slowest starts Mm -hmm. and they started slow and it was ugly you can't turn the ball over there's no way you can turn the ball over three times going into buffalo next week you have to win the turnover battle if you want any chance of winning at buffalo i feel like where this team is right now as much as i hate to say it they're a one and done team Mm -hmm. like i genuinely don't expect them to win next week it's very hard to wrap my head around that especially because those bills fans are going to be even more hyped because they came in there and won the first time yeah, they won the first time. They are fresh off a win. You know what I mean? They just won the division two years in a row. When's the last time that's happened? You know what I mean? It's, Never. And we're coming <laughs> off a loss. We got big injuries there. And I'm not feeling too confident about the game, to be honest. Seems like the Bills are going one way. The Pats are going the other way. Last thing here. Last question for you. Can they get it done next week at Buffalo? And what needs to happen for them to get it done if there's any shot? Can they get it done yeah, we always have a fighting chance with the coaching staff, and we have some key pieces. What's going to have to happen is we say win the turnover battle. They have to not turn the ball over at all. At all. At all. Establish the run game, play some great-ass defense, and we have a chance. I don't think that's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's. I think it's going to be one of those like 21-14 to 14 Bills games. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think it's going to kind of be 
and I'll look into this a little bit as the week goes yeah. on. It's going to kind of be one of those games, kind of like the last one, where the game's never out of reach, but they just can't mm-hmm. get those one or two plays they need to get over the hump. But mm-hmm. guys, we are done here. We will be back later on this week to preview that Buffalo matchup, the first wild card, first playoff game that we are going to be previewing. Make sure to like, make sure to subscribe as always, and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye, everybody.